If you're like me and looking to cut back on alcohol this year, Recess Zero Proof Craft Mocktails are the perfect alcohol replacement. They've recreated the cocktails you know and love, like a lime margarita and a grapefruit paloma, which happens to be my favorite, so you can enjoy the flavors and feelings of those cocktails without the booze. Zero proof, zero compromise. Listeners can get 15% off the Recess Mocktail Sampler at takearecess.com slash MAFS. Each can of Recess is a lightly sparkling mocktail made with real fruit and only 25 calories or less. It's a guilt-free way to unwind. They taste just like your favorite cocktails, without the alcohol. Whether you're relaxing after work or hanging out with friends, make Recess Mocktails your drink between drinks or your forever mocktail. Get 15% off Recess Mocktails now at takearecess.com slash altercallmafs. That's A-L-T-A-R-C-A-L-L-M-A-F-S. So you can enjoy your favorite cocktails without the consequences. When everyone is on the same page, getting things done is easy. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that enables your team to make their point and move faster. You can even save time by going from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds. Join the 96% of Grammarly users that say it helps them craft more impactful writing. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said. Done. Hi, I'm Tane. And I'm Aid, And this is Alter Call, a Married at First Sight podcast. Hey, hey, hey. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode nine. Hello, Aid. Hi, Tane. Hi, people. (laughs) What a week. What a week. Even in maths land. I'm in both. Real (laughs) life, maths life. (laughs) What an episode. Well, how you doing? I'm all right. Uh, I feel like I should have announcing, like, excitement, but I don't remember anything that happened this week. I know it's been long. I feel like I've done it a lot, but I can't remember. I went to the rodeo. See, that's how long the week has been. <laughs> oh, so did Jose. <laughs> <laughs> I think he went to the cookout, um, which mm. is probably even better than the rodeo. Oh, sorry. It was Rachel who went to the rodeo. Yeah. I had my eyes peeled, people. I was looking to see if anybody <laughs> was there. But the rodeo is huge, so I knew that I was unlikely to run into anybody. Yeah, the rodeo, the Houston, for those who don't know, the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo is a huge event. Goes on for weeks. Celebrity entertainment every night. So many events surrounding the rodeo. It's really great. I saw Keith Urban. I also saw mutton busting. Google it. <laughs> so, you, you saw what? Mutton busting. Oh, my God. That sounds dirty. No. <laughs> Maybe my mind is just dirty. I'm like, mutton busting? <laughs> They put children, I would say they're like four to five years old. They put them on a sheep. And the, the children hold on for dear life as the sheep run. And then the children obviously fall off the sheep. Like, the longest kid might have lasted five seconds. Um, so it's like half, riding the bull, but for kids. Exactly. So half the children, when they get off that, they fall off, are thrown off the sheep. They are in tears. Aww. <laughs> And the Houston Livestock Show on Rodeo is a very well-produced event. So there's like a camera there. There's an interviewer. Aww. It is so adorable. And, yeah, it is adorable. But it's just these children falling off sheep. It's great. 
Wow. <laughs> the Rodeo was my very first outdoor, I don't want to call it a concert, but it kind of is when I moved to America many, 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 many years ago. So it has a fond memory in my heart. I remember being like, what is this? Whoa. Who did you, who was the celebrity entertainment that evening? Um, I do not remember anybody else except Monica. Wow. Yeah. So I said, I said it with a bang and she was huge at that time. So. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah. I, we saw Keith Urban and then in a couple weeks I'm going to Gwen Stefani. I'm very excited about it. She better play that B-A-N-A-N-A-S. <laughs> <laughs> All these uh, musicians that have kind of like try to stay relevant try to force their new stuff on us except no one's listening anymore we just want the old stuff if Gwen Stefani has released an album in the past 10 years I don't know about it she definitely has (laughs) she she definitely has so good luck with that I'm so glad you're preparing me for disappointment I'm like Gwen play that old stuff they start you with the old stuff and you're like all hype and you're like, yeah. And I'm like, this song I wrote when I was, and you're like, oh shit, you're not going to know what this song is. (laughs) (laughs) Anything exciting happened to you this week? Not a damn thing. No. It (laughs) was just not, it was not, it was not a week for me. I did not have a good week and I'm not going to bring the podcast down with that. It was just, mm. I really, I don't understand why customer service agents are just so rude. Like, if you're having a bad day, don't call customer service. Your day will just be worse. I had an agent scoff at me. Scoff. She's like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God. I, you know, so, my, my view on customer service at this point is I'm surprised if it's good and you get what you pay for. I'm like, if these people were being paid appropriately, they would be nicer to me. So clearly someone has you know, cut a, a dollar here or there so that I can have this bad customer service. Mm-mm. Pay people. Yeah, it was so frustrating, but it's all good. I think the most exciting, the weekend announced his concert is back up. And for anyone who knows me, I'm a little tad bit obsessed with the weekend. And we had tickets for him right before the pandemic two years ago, and then it got canceled and it's opening back up. So I guess that's exciting. Did they refund your tickets or you get to keep your tickets and go to the show as if it never was canceled? No, no, they did. They refunded the tickets. It was funny because we bought like three concerts or four for the whole year. And then we didn't know what was coming down the line. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we had tickets to something too that ended up being canceled and refunded, but they're all coming Uh, back. They're all coming back. We're we're going to, you're going to reclaim your 2020 and 2022. All right. And see if I still have that energy. The pandemic has sapped it all. <laughs> it can come back. It can come back. It can come back. It can come back. Nothing a little Gatorade can't cure. But okay. Do you have anything you want to update the people on? This week we posted our second part of our Love is Blind bonus on Patreon. Um, last week we did Sister Wives. And the question that was asked, because Tane and I disagreed, is <laughs> are Janelle and Cody still having sex? And so we put it to you, the people, to tell us your opinions. They were varied, but my absolute favorite, someone on Instagram said, uh, they have sex on her birthday and their anniversary, and it's not that good, and that's why she doesn't care. <laughs> I loved that answer. <laughs> uh, it was Carol. Thanks, Thank you, Carol. Carol. <laughs> um, yeah. 
I mean, I can see it. I was straddling both fences, but I think I still lean towards no. But when she said that, that made all of the sense. It was like on brand with Janelle. Like, okay, oh, it's your birthday. Okay, come on. Let's get it over with and done. All right. <laughs> and then that's it. <laughs> Next week is the Love is Blind reunion. We will be doing that episode on our Patreon. Oh, and just this week, we did post Love is Blind, and then it was um, a, a bad file. My fault. Um, but we did post the corrected one. So if you got a version that was only 30 minutes long, there's another version that's over an hour, and that is the correct version. Yeah. So check it out. Um, I'm really excited about the reunion. I've, like, I've given up on trying to avoid, like, looking for stuff because now it's just everywhere. Today they release, like, a preview, and we see... Nick Lachey and Vanessa going in on Shake and Shake leaning into being the villain and just Shake being a nuisance on Instagram, going back and forth with Kyle. And I was like, guys, you're not on like, uh, you're like Z. Well, is, do you think Love is Blind is top tier mm. reality show? I was about to, I don't know about tears because I think it's more about who do people like popularity. I think popularity yeah. wise, Love is Blind is high up there. High, high up there. But because the even people who don't, don't watch up. reality will watch Netflix TV show. This is true. I think the, the, the disconnect is Love is Blind is like buzz. Like everyone's going to talk about it. But when you think of the people involved in the season, I hesitate to say, oh, this is top tier. Like I'm going to call Shake a part <laughs> of a top tier situation. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it is but it's just like stop stop trying so hard stop trying so hard like just just let things be but yeah i'm excited to watch that and can't wait to talk about it i'm excited to see who is still together that's that's what yeah. i'm excited about yeah okay guys um we do have a little bit of bad news maybe but we will not be recording or recapping next week's episode we apologize ahead of time it's my fault. Outside is open. I have uh, somewhere to go to and I won't be able to record. And I'm sorry because I see that Dr. Viviana is coming into town and it's the sex episode. So maybe I'm not sorry, actually, because they're just going to talk about the uncomfortable <laughs> consummation of marriage. And from what we saw this week, these people still hate each other. So, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm not sad to be missing ball gags in all honesty. <laughs> I'm a prude. You guys know this. So um, this is a partnership. We don't assign fault around here. So yeah, next week we're taking the week off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we will buy back. And when we come back, whatever happens next week, we'll talk about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So I just wanted you guys to know. So Tane, what's going on on the socials? All right. The socials this week. Keith... Fine as Keith from Charlotte finally met Declan and it was cute. Aww. Sometimes I forget they were in the same season. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I love that baby Declan is making the rounds. The way Laura is your baby, Declan is my baby. <laughs> yeah, Laura is so cool. Um, Virginia, as always, was talking about how their season just hit Hulu and she's gotten a whole bunch of hate in the DMs and she claims like oh like she's so far removed from it and we only know 30 seconds of her life. It's so crazy to me how certain factions of 
Mavs Live say these things about you only know 30 seconds of our lives and blah, blah, blah. But then you see like the Ashleys and the Anthonys saying, no, it's pretty much true. What you see is what happened. And, and I'm like, you know, <laughs> there's something to be said about that. But yeah, she kept going on about how she's a different person than she was two years ago. Get a life and stay away, blah, blah, blah. But she also gave an update that now she officially got a nine to five job. And it was interesting because she said, yeah, she wasn't working. She was taking time to regroup. The only job she had was content creation um, on Instagram. So so content creation didn't work out as a full-time career? Um, I don't know. I, <laughs> I hesitate because I don't know if it was her mental health. She said something about having to regroup. So I don't, I don't know. She just rants and rants, and I just try to get out what the important message she's trying to get out is. Um, in line with the Hulu, Chris also put up a message in his story saying, and I quote, stop messaging me about the show. My inbox is not a venting session. <laughs> I must say, though, I do for the life of me, I do not understand people who send individual messages or even go to people's pages because of what you saw them do on reality TV. <laughs> well. It happens. It keeps, it's a, I mean, it's a good and the bad. The same thing that makes you an influencer is the same thing that gets you a hater. Yeah. I mean, Virginia, no one would care what you were saying unless you had been on the show. So yeah. Anyway, so it's all interaction, but I mean, I will give Chris this, at least he went straight to the point. He wasn't rambling on and on about something else. He just said, stop messaging me about the show. Um, Sam from Atlanta who is pregnant with twins, is about to have her twins. I think she is scheduled to have it on Friday, scheduled C-section, and she's having identical twin girls. So that's exciting. Wow. (laughs) And finally, Merla and Rachel were in L.A. I just assume anytime they go to L.A., it's something to do with the show. But it wasn't like a whole cast situation because at the same time, Jose was still in Houston because he posted pictures from, I guess you said the cookout or something for the rodeo. So, yeah, so I'm guessing we might see them for some kind of special. I don't think so. I think they just went to L.A. to go to L.A., but they did hang out with one of the producers of the show. Mm-hmm. Well, they're friends because even when she was in Houston, they hung out together. So they're like friend friends now. One of them had like a thing saying, thank you for Rachel. Thank you for being in my life. So that's about it. The only other thing is I keep wondering if Vince and Brianna, they did buy a house in Atlanta, but I feel like every other week they talk about missing California. Hmm. It was like, take me back. We miss you. And I'm like, just move. But it's expensive though, so... (laughs) But yeah, that's all I got for social media. Um, We'll be right back to talk about the episode. Let's just take a break. And we are back. Any overall thoughts about this episode? Everybody was crazy. I don't, everybody was just, it was like a, what's it called? Retrograde, Mercury retrograde, but maps. <laughs> no. <laughs> What was in the water? What was going on? And this includes Stephen Noy, guys. Yes, I know there was an I love you, but even that seemed very off. 
I was incredibly bored by the episode, except for the Elajuan stuff. <laughs> I just, okay, so aside from the Elajuan stuff, here's my thing. I hate this episode and it's becoming a thing and they need to stop it. You can't force people to love each other after two weeks, three weeks or whatever, because last season they did the same thing. And it was so weird watching people like Merla and Gil and trying to say, don't you feel love? I'm closer to love, but I feel the feelings, but not the action. Like, just stop. It's just very uncomfortable. I feel like it's a better six-week activity than, like, two-week activity. Yes. Like, you're closer to decision day. How are you feeling? And then if you're mad that they don't love you, it makes better sense than two weeks. (laughs) Three weeks ago, you didn't know who they were. (laughs) (sighs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but I like to give credit where credit's due. We didn't see Alyssa and Chris, and I was happy for it. Man, I I actually had a note saying, I'm very surprised they didn't try hard, so hard, to find a way for them to be on there. Even if it was one of the other grooms meeting up with the other saying, so how are you doing? But I'm thankful. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> I, I'm thankful. <laughs> uh, so we start the episode with Pastor Cal telling us that everyone went closer last week and we see a whole bunch of scenes from last week and people resetting and starting on a new page. We do see another clip of Lindsay and Mark fighting again and Alyssa crying about trying. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) We see what people are up to this week. Katina is going grocery shopping. She's outside (laughs) with a selfie cam and she says she's used to shopping for herself. Um, and is new to shop for a man, especially one who wants everything from scratch. She usually goes out to eat. Hopefully he's not on her back about it. I Uh, was truly hoping that this is the same time that she went to the grocery store where he made her stand outside to help her take in the groceries, or the time when she went and only got bread and water, because if not, I hope this girl is not being relegated to a life of grocery shopping, because, uh... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm so glad you brought that up That <laughs> Yeah, that is the third mention Of Katina at the grocery store We should have checked um, her hair and her outfit To her see outfit, if it matched yeah. with Yeah, but I was I didn't even think about that <sighs> Wow I, I should have known I should have known with the selfie cam <laughs> But I had no <laughs> idea what to come um, We see Noi is cooking too um, Lindsay has a selfie cam talking about so many cats. We see that Michael is designing a bandana for Mr. Feeney. Mr. Feeney is Jasmine's dog. I, I Usually I wouldn't care, but I am very curious to know how this dog got the name Mr. Feeney. <laughs> oh, well, do you, you, you saw the bandana, right? Yeah, yeah. Dog but meets this... world. Oh, okay. Oh, no, no. Oh, got dog it. meets world? Like girl, boy meets world? Yes, and Mr. Feeney was the teacher's name. Oh, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> I was I was worried. I was like, am I saying something she already knows? I'm not trying to be a know-it-all. <laughs> oh. So, yeah, that was cute. So, Pastor Carl tells us that they're five and a half weeks away from decision day. So, Dr. Pepper tells us that they've been encouraged to plan dates. So, we start with Noy and Steve. Steve is walking up to a sign that says Gibson Park. He says that he woke up to a note from Noi, and Noi and Sushi were gone, and the note said, meet me at the park by the sign. 
At the sign is another note that tells him where the clue is hidden. He goes on a treasure hunt. At the end of the treasure hunt, he finds Noi. Um, it was the treasure hunt was really cute because there were all these flashbacks of things that we hadn't really seen because they weren't that relevant. But mm-hmm. it was really cute, like him tucking a flower behind her ear at the honeymoon, and she's like, "Oh, your next clue is behind the flower that you tuck behind my ear." Like it was really nice. It was really nice, but I couldn't help but think, man, scavenger hunt seemed like a lot of work. A complete waste of time. <laughs> Why do I want to go wandering through a park reading notes trying to figure stuff out? I think setting it up is hard. Like, uh... And as we find out on After Party, it was way longer. <laughs> Let's be real here. Is it entertaining for you and me to watch someone do a scavenger hunt? If they get it, yeah, and they edit it the way they did, sure. Okay. Steve says that he loves adventures and he loves gifts. They are so cute. At the end of the scavenger hunt, when they're together, I can just, I can feel the love. He says he loves it. He loves adventures. He loves gifts, especially after going through the challenges. It was nice to be reminded that they're doing well. Next up is Lindsay and Mark. I'm sorry, before you go into that, when I saw Lindsay and Mark, remembering how it ended last episode, my first thought was, being on the contract must be so tough. Like, you're so mad at someone, but you still have to film with them. So you have no choice but to co-work with this person. <laughs> I mean, if you treated your co-workers, the, the, poor Mark is asking, like, very basic questions. Hi, how are you? Fine. How are the cats? Well, I wasn't home today. Oh, you weren't home today? (laughs) And just in case we couldn't tell, Lindsay's like, I'm irritated with Mark. I'm like, oh, really? How would we know? (laughs) Um, She says that she needs him to say, I'm sorry I hurt your feelings or I care about you. And it's irritating to her. Um, as she's waiting for the next explosion. I would I w- what do you mean you're waiting for the next explosion? <laughs> they get their food, they sit down for dinner, there's silence. The masked people make sure to leave the silence in there. He asks how the food is, she says good. He dumps like half a thing of salt on his. Then very loudly we get to hear the pepper grinder grind the pepper. It's just like <laughs> Jesus Christ, put us out of our misery. <laughs> He's like, what did you do all day? Work. How was that? Good. (laughs) So finally, finally, um, after this terrible, I I can't call it a conversation. Interaction. There we go. Interaction. He says to us, they're not meshing well. They're not clicking. They both have an idea of what they want. And when they don't get it, it causes tension. We can literally hear the sound of them chewing, which is so, like, I hate that sound. Mm. Okay. Then there's this, I mean, this conversation just kept on going. He's, he tries. He's like, oh, you're pretty good at bowling. She's like, yeah, you, you were good. He's me, beginner's luck. Then they start with the clown music. And then finally they get to the meat of the matter. Thank goodness. Put us out of our misery. He says, mm. do you feel like you were out of line last night? And she says, no. Anytime we have a good time and we're out having fun. He's negative and a Debbie Downer. Um, She asks him when he's going to start giving her affirmation. And she's trying to be supportive and kind. And what he's showing her and what she's giving him are two completely different things. She's upset with him. Uh, Yeah. 
He says, I'm not trying to argue with you. And she says, you're not trying to do anything with me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, They just, they rehash the same thing. Lindsay tells him he's not being good enough. He's not being kind enough. After all she's done for him, why can't he, like, I don't know what he's supposed to do, like her. Um, She says his (laughs) life sucks and he's always complaining. And when is he going to get some awareness about that? So, I mean, there's, so he picks up his plate and walks away. And then Lindsay says to us that Mark needs to come to his senses. She's been focusing on him, but he has to earn her. Well, okay. It's so hard because Lindsay just always goes out of turn. But Lindsay's not wrong. He is picking at her. He is picking everything about her. The problem is that she's stooping low, so the message is getting lost in all of it. And she keeps saying all the things, I do this for you, I do this for you, you don't do this for me. So then it gets lost. But um, we got a uh, a comment last week, um, Naturally Savage, where, that they mentioned where Mark hates conflict. And I mean, that's absolutely true. Anyone would, can see that he hates conflict. And this is the same situation where they're trying to have a conversation and he picks up his plate and he walks away. No one's saying engage in like a fight or anything, but you kind of have to talk this out and hash it out. I I get a little bit confused. Sometimes I want to be like, Lindsay, what do you want from the man? And she has told him, I feel like, so many times exactly what she wants. So I'm waiting for her to kind of get that he's just not going to do it. I think she's attributing a lot of his behavior to, like, where he is in his life. I think that ship sailed a little while ago. Now it's more like you keep on asking him to open up. You keep on asking him to be nice to you. You keep on asking him. And you're entitled to ask, but I don't think it's coming. Maybe do you think he gives her mixed messages? So then it keeps, it's like dangling cheese or hope in front of her. So she thinks there's a, well, it's because, okay, let me, let me take that back. She says in the beginning, it was there. Then all I think it's just coincidence of all the things that happened to him. Then all this stuff happened. So it's easy for her to think that it's because of all the things happening that he retracted versus realizing like, hey, some of my behavior contributed to this. So she's oblivious to the fact that he's struggling with her personality. Yeah, and, she, and she then, attributes it all to his life circumstances. And I'm like, eh, first off, the bed bugs were there before he met you. Well, but on the flip, he says nice things about her, so she thinks they can get back to that. Versus him just also, coming right right out and saying, eh, I don't like personality. So, he once again does the thing. You are incredible. You have incredibleness buried inside you. Oh, and- that was bad. <laughs> that was bad. And she calls him out that it was bad. He also said, he's never said, I don't like you. I'm like, ah. But he does say we have differences in our personalities. You condescending tones. Um, He says their communication skills have to improve. And she's like, it's not just communication. And she's right. Yeah. (laughs) These people always fall back on communication. I'm like, Yes, communication is important and how you say things and stuff. But, like, do people have root causes that no amount of communication will solve? I think it's going to take a little bit more action to solve. Yeah. Also, is it a season of maps if someone isn't accused of pandering for the camera? Is it, I mean, for <laughs> real. 
she was like, oh, yeah, there's a different you when the camera's not here, when the camera's here. I, I and I, Most of the time, I do think there's some truth to these accusations. Mm-hmm. But I also think, like, who isn't going to act differently when there's a camera in front of them? At the end, they end with percentages. Remember, last week we learned they're very good friend, friends with Chris. <laughs> I have the same note. I'm like, they hung out with Chris too much. <laughs> she says she came in 100%. He pulled back. He turned his nose up at the 99. She doesn't want to give him any more. And he says 1% is better than zero. <laughs> Yay, Mark. <laughs> Uh, you know, we don't talk a lot about how much wine is consumed on this show. Um, That's a lot of wine drinking. Why do you think there's a lot of wine drinking? Do you think it's because people needed to get through the day? I don't know. It would be very interesting to know what the wine consumption was pre-filming, after meeting your spouse. And realizing what the level is, maybe it measures the level of unhappiness. I know we talked about it with Christina and Henry. They were always with wine. But I really noticed the last episode, there was a lot of wine and there was a lot of food. And I was like, has there always been this much of a focus on food on this show? But last night, I don't know, it was everywhere. Right from the round robin. I think the round robin was about food. Yeah, grocery shopping. And someone else cooking. And it was just food all episode long. So Mark has, in roundabout ways, mentioned Lindsay's drinking. Like, he did it on the honeymoon. And he threw out something at the pit, the bowling. But in all of their discussion, I, I was actually surprised that he did not say something about the drinking. Is it gentleman? That's not true. Last time he told her to have another drink. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there was a lot of wine. Especially with Michael and Jasmina. They drank every <laughs> I, I'll be honest, I don't I don't even notice the drinking. Unless it turns someone into something different, I don't usually notice. No, well, I'm not even saying it as a as a critique or anything. They can drink as much as they want. I just realized, for all the things we say, like, you know, the official name is Ryan, the official meal is Salmon. We just don't talk enough about how much wine they drink, but they, they drink a lot of wine. <laughs> uh, so next up to our wine drinking couple, Jasmina and Michael. They are having a really nice picnic. The way the grass looked so green is so beautiful behind them. And they look so happy. And Michael says he is going to build a stronger bond with the dog because the dog is important to Jasmina. So he brings gifts for the dog and Jasmina opens the gifts. And she's so excited. She's so happy. And Feeny is a big part of her life. And it makes her happy that he's doing things for her dog. And then we see the reveal of the bandana that says dog meets world. And he pets the dog. It's very important for him to bond with the dog. And they do this whole thing about him giving the dog a treat so that she'll do what one of those dog tricks. Like um, <laughs> and she's like coaching him like, oh, you have to show her the treat. But anyway, so they had a good five minutes and then they went back to beating themselves. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Michael says that he's trying to figure out both times that they had issues with the communications and how to address things that he didn't like. And she she starts with getting high feet from the, from the start. She says, you just need to talk to me, not talk at me. And the best way to talk to me is to have a conversation. And Michael is just like, but I'm so confused. You can see the look on his face. 
And he says they were both speaking at a tone that was higher when they get upset. And she says that they wouldn't have gone to that tone if he didn't start it. And she says his basic knowledge on how to have communication. It's a very painful conversation. It gets um, worse, though, because she's like, how do you not know how to have a basic conversation? And Michael says, like, help me. And then she says, you're getting annoyed. You need to calm down. It was... Tame thoughts. Okay. My thoughts are... So you remember last week or two weeks ago where, you know, it might have felt like we didn't know how bad Michael really yelled at Jasmina, but she just said, like, it was really (laughs) bad. And I'm like, oh, why would you talk to a woman like that? And, you know, we had some people who were like, um, there's something really off about Jasmina. And I'm like, (laughs) no, Jasmina's a... But I ate my words this scene because I'm like, is this the tone she means? Because, um, let me just say that this scene made me question my standing up for Jasmina because I'm like, she has a tone. This is not the first time I've been introduced to this tone. So for someone who's so triggered by tone, she was talking to him like he was a child. Multiple people um, have been like, you know, she's a preschool teacher. And you can see the preschool teacher come out in her sometimes when she talks to Michael. Yeah. I, so this was me. I'm like, this man is begging you practically to tell him how to communicate with you in the way that you understand. And you're basically dressing him down and saying you should be able to have a basic conversation. Okay, Jasmina, relax, relax. So, yeah, so that was my thoughts was just like, okay, I started side-eyeing Jasmina a little bit, a little bit after this. Because in that conversation, Michael looked looked conciliatory and she looked defensive. And none of us watching could tell, what are you defending yourself from? Yeah. And then, you know, I think what really got me was there was a part where he just said, no, 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 we can't. And he made sense. Like, you know, how you communicate with someone is influenced by how you grow up, what you know. And she goes, see, you're raising your voice at me. I'm like, wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) I didn't see. Where did he raise his voice? You're the one. (laughs) So, yeah, that was a little bit uh, concerning. So that was those are my thoughts. (laughs) It was it was not good, you guys. And it started so well, it just descended into not good. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Talking of not good. Next we have Katina and Olajuwon. Mm-hmm. She thanks him for helping her to cut the plantains. He asked if she was surprised, and she says she was surprised. He says, why were you surprised? Well, we were both upset with each other from last night to this morning. And then we get the Dateline camera. Their living room looked very strange on the Dateline camera. I wondered if it was like all the production equipment or something. Oh, I uh, was going to ask you what that setup was in the middle of their living room. I was like, is it like a ring light for content creation? Something, but there was some setup in the middle. But nobody else has it. So why would they have it? Uh, anyway, yeah. So, oh, but you know, we haven't talked about this, but Elijah mentioned that she has a food blog, like a restaurant food blog. Uh, and she um, works from home. Okay. Um, and she, yeah, right. She works from home. Um, so then we get, we just hear audio from the overhead cam. And it's Olajuwon yelling, being very rude, saying things that were just out of control. You worry about things that don't affect me, things I don't give an F about. Like, why do you do that shit? Things I ask you for you can't do. You trouble me. Mm. This whole thing is very, like, just those three lines. 
Very luxury. Yeah. Now that, you know how you were saying, like, Steve was talking, like, she was lecturing Noi. Now this is lecturing to me. Actually, it was worse than lecturing. I'm sorry, actually. It is worse than lecturing. It was way worse. It was, like, just plain old talking down. Yes. Talking at. So then we come back to them, and he asks her, what is the definition of a wife to you? And Mm. she says, maybe we have different definitions. Alajuan goes on this thing about how she only wanted to clean half the floor. I was like, how, do you, how does that work? Then he tells her not to roll her eyes. He said, when it's time to clean up, he said, let's clean the floor. And she made a babble about it. So he told her to go to bed. Then he cleaned the floor. He's like, where's his other half? He wants a wife. He wants to clean this together. And a wife wouldn't like go back, let him fall. <laughs> let him fall by making him clean a fucking floor. And go to bed while he's sitting here cleaning. I just, everything about it is wrong. Olajuwon needs a maid service. Like, what is the problem? I don't want anybody to get it twisted. But honestly, when I was hearing that, first off, I wanted her to affirm, did you really say you wanted wanted to clean half the floor? And then I wonder if, like, when people have different cleanliness standards, maybe she only wanted to clean half the floor because she only saw half of it was dirty. And he's one of those people who has to clean the whole floor. Mm. Yeah. I mean, that's more likely because it seems to be the issue. Olajuwon has this image in his head and thinks that Katina should live up to it because she's not her own person and he just wants to mold her, which is funny because his friend said that. You remember? They told her that they're trying to, uh, that he's going to try to make you into what he thinks you should be. And I'm just, the lack of self-awareness for me is like, you keep asking her for patience, but you don't have any for her? Yeah, yeah. Where I thought, okay, this could be a legitimate discussion, but this is not the way you're supposed to go about it. If you have a belief about cleaning or you want something cleaned, your options are to do it yourself or to have a respectful discussion like, hey, can you help me? Or, hey, I thought we, like, there's just a a nicer way to talk about it. Maybe she'll help you, maybe she won't, but you don't need to talk to anybody like that. You know what's even weirder is Katina is willing to do anything for a lodging. It's not even like... She doesn't want, or she's like, no, you're not going to tell me what to do. She is willing. So what exactly is the problem? Why not just try being nice about it? This man says in the hallway that he came here for a wife, not to help someone grow as an individual. And I'm just like, who asked you to help anybody grow? You took it upon yourself that you were going to coach her or some shit. So... (laughs) Oh, uh, we come back. He says, it's it's not just food, but it's bigger than that. She's his wife, not her boyfriend or friend. He has a ring on his finger. Understand what it means. You, mm. What do you think a ring on a finger entitles you to? What? A maid? <laughs> um, then Katina, you know, just really breaks all of our hearts. And she's like, when she envisions marriage, like everyone wants a wife who's happy and ready. Not that she shouldn't be meeting someone's standards. She just wasn't expecting it. So depressing. So it, it, it was more so I just didn't enjoy watching how he made her feel. Because you could just, she looked a little defeated. I, I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm kind of speechless because Katina straight up says, I didn't cook. This man says he wants someone to cook. We see her at the grocery store. She's chopping plantains and shit. She made spaghetti. We have seen multiple times that she has cooked. They've only been together for like a week at this point in this house. And she's already cooked at least two times. 
for something she doesn't even enjoy. And oh, because you said it's what you wanted. And then what she got in response was you being like, not good enough. You're not you didn't clean it. the floor. <laughs> all right. So we, again, I'm going to just point out all the times I was seeing food. But they show the couples getting takeout, which Olajuwon and Katina should probably do to solve their problems. Since the problem is just he wants to eat. But this is the episode where the show forces them to love each other. But like I mentioned, this season is a struggle. Um, they have sent them questions to explore deeper topics. So Steve and Noi are the first couple to start. And we start with Noi aggressively sucking on the straw for her bubble tea. It was like, <laughs> Steve was like, what is happening here? <laughs> so Steve's asked her if she's been in love before. And I'm very surprised that she says yes. And she's only been in love once. Wasn't she the 90-day fiancé person? Yeah, but she also said in the beginning, like, I've been in love once and it was great and I'm so excited to be in love again. So she's kind of already said, like, I've only been in love once before. I'm just very surprised. Even with her personality, there's a little childlike. I'm very surprised she's only been in love once. Um, Steve says that he has several times. And Noi says, huh, how many times? She's trying to act cool, but you can tell (laughs) that she was bothered. And he says, well, I've had five serious relationships and I was in love each time. And then she tells us, oh, I was surprised because, you know, he's been hesitant with me. Like, you know, he hasn't been comfortable to tell me, ma'am, he has no new 14 <laughs> days. <laughs> you are not going to compare yourself to long-term relationships. Anyways, I think Noe thinks like you put a ring on the finger and that's 10 years or something. I don't know. So she says the thing that tells her if she's in love will be how the person shows up for her in heart during her hard times. That's what it takes for her to fall in love. And Steve says it's a feeling and like being comfortable expressing it. And a lot has to happen to get there. <laughs> hint, hint, stop stressing me out. Um, she asks, you know, if it's too soon, like, is he getting any closer? And he's like, well, we're getting closer. <laughs> the, she says it's scary that he's not comfortable saying it to her since he's been comfortable with others. I, I don't understand Noi's thought process. I do think five people is a lot of people to say I love you to in the course of life. So I can understand being like, but you said it five <laughs> times before. What about me? Again, he said five serious relationships. If you've I been know. in serious relationships, he's 30 what? Eight? I know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe even said it nine months into a two-year relationship. That makes sense. She just got mad at noodles last week. Why would I say I love you? <laughs> <laughs> she said it wasn't working. Why do you want it? I love you. <laughs> make it make sense, Noi. So Steve tells her that they have watched a couple get divorced, and just because they got married doesn't mean it's gonna work. You have to work to make it work. <laughs> And you have to want to do that. You can literally see Steve choose his words carefully because you don't know what's going to set off Noi. But you can see Noi also, you know, try to act cool. Like, you know, okay, I'm just going to take it all in stride. So that was it for them. Next is Olajuwon and Katina. And she asks what it takes to fall in love. And he says devotion, commitment, straight loyalty. Mm, Sounds like a military faction or something. Um, Katina says someone who supports her, someone who's loyal, someone who's understanding and patient. I feel like these questions are an opportunity for these couples to say all the things that their partners are not. 
mm-hmm. and to just give like subtle hints and digs at the same time. She says she sees the potential of falling in love, but they need to focus on the emotional connection because she doesn't want to feel stupid. She's trying to tell Olajuwon that, you know, she's more guarded than she comes off. But as always, there were multiple times this episode, Olajuwon cuts her off. He cuts her off to say he knows that she's more guarded. And you know how I know? Because you don't cry. Olajuwon has a gender. (laughs) Very bizarre to me. How many times is a person supposed to cry in the course of two and a half weeks? I don't know if he's embarrassed that he's cried more than her because he, again, we've established that he has, what is it called? Gender, gender role issues. So I don't know if he thinks women are supposed to be crying all the time. Men aren't supposed to cry, but he has, and now he's embarrassed. I don't know. So she tells him that she does, but she does it in private. And Elijah was just laughing and it's really just annoying because you can see that she's trying to get something out. I don't... She tells him how she used to cry all the time and how her ex was basically verbally abusive and tells her that she was a weak bitch. They cut it out whenever she cried and she promised herself that she would never, ever cry these tears again. I don't, I mean, I know she just said that, but you can tell by Katina's reactions whenever Olajuwon starts talking that she has been in an abusive relationship. Would you, would you agree with that? Yeah, because she very much goes in on herself because she's she's learned self-protection. And she shuts down. And I also think, like, for someone to tell you this, you're the one who's after all the time to open up. So she opens up so you can cut her off and say some nonsense. Yeah. And, of course, instead of just saying, oh, you don't have to worry about that with me. I'm not going to do that. Like, you should always be yourself. He says... Don't let anyone dictate your future or your actions. And I'm like, that's so ironic since all you want to do is dictate what she does. You're making this woman cook and she don't even like it. So she in previous asked, episodes, I accused a large, a large one of wanting to like coach her through life. Like it, I don't yeah. understand why he assigned this role to himself. I don't recall her asking for it. Yeah. So she asked him if he's starting to fall in love. And he says she should go first. And she says she sees the potential. And again, he cuts her off and says, I heard it. I heard it. You're falling in love with me. I was like, nothing about what she said says that she's falling in love with you. So Olajuwon says that he likes her. Like, yep, he definitely likes her. And falling in love is a strong word for him. And he's not going to say that. And love is not on the table for him. But he definitely likes her. So on the honeymoon, Olajuwon said that he loved her we heard it it was on camera he said it to her might have even cried too he might i think he said it offhand like oh i love you but the Uh, fact that he's like i can't love you until i'm like but you said it before i'm glad you said that because what i noticed was there was something about the way he said it he said it like he was punishing her his tone, his demeanor, everything about it was something that was just like, if you're not going to do this, I'm going to do this. So it's almost like he wanted her to be hurt by saying, I'm not going to say that. That's a strong word for me. And it's definitely not on the table for me. Like, almost like he wants her to be like, oh, but why? Like, what, what, what do I need to do and all that stuff? So it didn't sit right with me. And guys, I understand that I've been the one that's been like, oh, I'm still Team Olajuwon. Fuck that this week. He was an <laughs> asshole. 
<laughs> I'm allowed to change my mind, and I did this week, and he was awful. He was absolutely I, awful. I would just like to take this moment that I was never Team Olajuwon. <laughs> <laughs> I also, I think um, you are the one who said when they first, when they were on the honeymoon, you said something about love bombing. Yes. And like Olajuwon is kind of doing a textbook case. Mm-hmm. On the honeymoon, he loved her. She was amazing. She was great. And now that they're back, he's doing this thing where she has to re-earn his love all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently through fucking cooking. Um, it's so unhealthy. Yeah. It's just control. So the thing that absolutely, absolutely got me so riled up was that he said, the connection has to grow. Standards have to be met. The fuck? Are you her boss? Oh, my God. Is this a job or is this a partnership? Standards have to be met. Uh, Unfortunately, I just wish Katina just told him to go where the sun don't shine. But she's like, well, what would help you? Would it be if I was less guarded, if I opened up more? Like, coming to the table with meals and cleaning did not sit right with me at all. And that was the point where I was like, oh, it looks like she's probably been in, like, you know, a bad relationship. And she's internalized it and all that stuff. Because she gave him exactly what I think he wanted. He just wants her to be like, okay, so what can I do? Tell me, tell me, and all that. And uh, it was just, it was very uncomfortable to watch. And I'm not calling her weak by any means. Like, I don't know what's going on in her life or in her past. I'm just saying, like, I wish. Like, he was really... This is a moment where we need Jasmina. With that pre, pre-K talk uh, tone. To tell him, like, I know you're not talking to me. Like, sure. <laughs> there's a mistake. There's an error somewhere. <laughs> Do you want to find a way to rephrase that? <laughs> so, so this idiot said, well, oh, all right. I have to see it to believe it. And so many women say so many things. And then they tell me this. And it turns out they were lying. I'm like, which are the women? Mr. I don't really do relationships. Like, be quiet. So then we see Jasmina and Michael. And then once again, food. They're having lunch, dinner. I don't know. Michael is in a salad. But Jasmina has a huge burger that looks so good. And he tells her that today is the anniversary of his brother's passing, so he went by the cemetery. I thought that it was very interesting that he did not mention this to her at all. Like, even if it was the day before, like, oh, tomorrow's the anniversary of my brother's passing. But we find out later, I guess, that they're not talking. I just didn't think it was that bad. I know. I was like, are you people actually married? It is the anniversary (laughs) of his brother's passing, and you are just finding out now in this evening? That's very strange to me. Um, the other thing I noticed, his brother's name was Vladimir. I loved it. I was like, what a cool name. Yeah, that's Russian, right? Yeah. Yeah. So Jasmina says she wishes she knew so she could have gone with him. And then she tells us that, oh, they haven't been speaking much since the picnic. So she likes that he opened up and told her. So they have to do their love questions, and he asks her if she's been in love. She says yes three times and jokes three in a possible half. Um, Michael says he's been in love once and a possible half. Michael asks what about them made her feel in love. She says they made her feel good about herself. They treated her right, and they respected her, and they all had a friendship at first. I really was hoping he would ask, so why'd you break up? 
Uh, Michael says his one and a possible was in high school and he really didn't have an understanding of what that was. And with his last relationship, they had a friendship. They knew each other's triggers. They knew each other's past. So it helped. So Michael says for him to fall in love, he has to be able to be vulnerable. Jasmina asked him what's stopping him from, you know, having the conversations or bringing it up. And besides her tone, he says he came into this deciding to be vulnerable from day one, but that's not really an answer. Like, <laughs> they asked what's stopping you. Jasmina says um, she hears him, but he's actually not taking those steps to be vulnerable. But I don't think she is either. I'll be, I'll be straight. I mean, Jasmina has not, you have to kind of, I can't believe I'm going to use this phrasing. You kind of have to be a soft place to land. <laughs> <laughs> the reason I'm laughing is because Dr. Viviana said it to Mika in season 10 and she never should have. But <laughs> you can't ask someone to be vulnerable with you and all you guys do is argue about communication patterns or whatever. Like, I wouldn't blame yeah. him for not being vulnerable with you yet. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They haven't gotten to that sweet spot. So then we move on to Mark and Lindsay. Lindsay is eating the burger that he made that apparently was well done. And she's just thankful that he made it, but it's a little bit chewy. Mark tells us that today is a better day. And they start with a question. She says that she's been in love, but she's had different versions of that. Um, she says she thought she was going to marry the one that she moved to New York for. And he was super supportive of stuff she was going through with her family. But that changed. I wanted to be like, what changed? I wanted the goss. I don't care about you guys falling in love. You hate each other. Um. Also, Aid, what was Mark eating? I don't know. I thought he was eating a burger too. He wasn't. He was dipping something into a sauce, aggressively swiping <laughs> it. And I was like, what are you? But there was like a flower or something. So I couldn't see what it was. But I'm like, wow. Anyway, so Mark says it's tough to have this conversation because from the beginning, she said she was all in and now she's extra cautious and has her guard up. Mark tells her that he's been in love before, but then babbles on about how when a new person comes in and they don't excite him, he then thinks of the previous person and then tries to get the person back. And I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> I think I said this on our Twitter. The fact that Lindsay just has shock value as a personality is very unfortunate. We need to take a closer look at Mark. Mark <laughs> is, is uh, questionable. This week's after party had a fact about Mark that it was just like, if this is true, if this is true, you're right. We really need to be taking a closer look at Mark. Honestly, it tracks. It seems like he just wants people who don't want him. So now Lindsay <laughs> wants him and he's like, oh my God, I need my space. So maybe her being 99% out, he'll chase her. Yeah. Well, he, he did turn things around, right? So <laughs> anyway, Lindsay says that um, that's concerning because it's like you never move forward. Then he actually starts to defend it. And I'm like, Mark, no, this is not okay. So Lindsay says, it seems like you appreciate that they're good, but that doesn't mean you have to go back. And then it tells us, she tells us that it sounds like he dates people who are worse and then he just wants to settle for comfortable and good versus enjoying the moment. Basically, he only feels love after they push him away. <laughs> this does not sound good. <laughs> it, it sounds pretty bad. Um, 
So Lindsay tells Mark, um, you said that you told me that it takes you a while for you to fall in love. But I'm like, that's not what his friend said. His friend said he says I love you after a couple days and wants to move in. Was he just telling her that? Like, uh, give me time. Is he buying time with her? <laughs> um, so she says that um, for her to fall in love, she needs her partner to be present and consistent. Basically, everything Lindsay says from now is everything Mark is not. She says to fall in love, she needs someone who doesn't withdraw. I'm like, okay, Lindsay, who wants, who's going to fall in love with someone? <laughs> you're right in that all these people just use it to say, well, this is what you're doing wrong and this is what I want you to do. Which if you're asking, I mean, this is what I need to fall in love with you. It's an accurate answer. It's just like very, um. The problem is they didn't ask, what do you need for me to fall in love with you? They said, what do you need to fall in love in general? Like, what makes you, like, when Michael asked Jasmina, the people that you fell in love with in relationships, why did you fall in love with them? And she's like, and then she starts saying they didn't withdraw, they don't <laughs> abandon at the moment, they don't shy away from conflict. I'm like, just say his name, Lindsay, it's Mark. Mark, the shark. <laughs> Mark, I need you to act like someone, not the person you've been acting like, then I can fall in love with you. She says, um, when she doesn't get that, then she checks out. Mark says, I bet. <laughs> Mark says he's trying hard not to think about how he felt the first two and a half weeks with Lindsay because if he does, it will constantly be a negative. I actually thought the first week was good, but maybe he was already feeling bad from the beginning. Well, he did say from the wedding, right? Yeah, but the honeymoon, they seem to have a good time. I mean, yeah, except for that big fight. Yes, yes. Yeah. So he says that he's trying to be optimistic and that, you know, they can develop stuff. And then they, she asks him, do you think you can fall in love with me? And as far as I'm concerned, he lies and says there is a possibility. And she says, well, for me, it's going to be tough. <laughs> <laughs> when do you think Mark and Lindsay were officially done? Oh, I think I said it on the pod. Um... I can't remember exactly when I said it, but I think when the whole thing happened with the Puerto Rico thing. Oh, you mean on uh, the the plane argument? Yeah. And mm. I was like, yeah, they're not. There's no way they're staying together. He's out. He's checked out. And then he told her, I'm pulling back. He's out. There's no way. It's the same way like Olivia and Brett. That moment when they sat on the couch and she said, oh, do you think if I commune? And he's like, oh, we don't have to worry about that. He was out. <laughs> out. Oh. I actually think it was um, (laughs) the moment she started talking about his poop. I think that's when he was done. (laughs) Uh, All right, guys, we will be right back. And we come back to meetups. Um, Katina and Jasmine are talking about how cute the food is and the setup is at the place that they're at, which we later find as a nail salon. And the boys are meeting up to do some kind of archery. This is non-traditional archery. I was confused by it. <laughs> um, well, it I, seemed like a, what's it called? Paint, paintball, but archery? Yeah, yeah. But there was no paint, was there? It wasn't paintball. I'm just saying it was archery, but in the style of paintball, where you try to hit someone. Archery. Yeah, yeah, that's a good description. Um, At this point, I'm like, can all the women gather together peacefully? <laughs> Lindsay does a selfie cam and she said she's on her way to a girls gathering and i'm like okay i guess they're all getting together 
She says to get our claws sharpened in a small room. The same way, I guess, we're worried about Lindsay going anywhere and meeting with other people. Is She knows. She she knows herself. Why? She was in the car with Noi, right? Oh, I didn't notice that Noi was in the car with her. Oh, she never showed her. There was a second person in the car with her, and I'm like, why are we just seeing an arm? And I'm like, why didn't they show? And then I was like, okay, maybe it's not her. But then when they got there, she they walked in together. Okay. So... Before they get there, Jasmina asks Katina if she talks to anyone. And she says, no, I will DM her. I'm like, that's not really even talking. And then in an interview, Katina says, you can't let someone control your emotions or your actions. She wants to be who she really is, be the kind of woman in her heart and soul, and override her triggers. A very oblique way of saying she's trying to get along with Lindsay (laughs) at this Mm -hmm. building. (laughs) Um, Katina asks how everybody's getting along and I'm so on high alert. I'm like, ah! And I'm like, oh wait, she's talking about everybody's husband. Um, <laughs> Noise says that they're getting used to each other. They had fun on the honeymoon, but now she's with the person 24-7. Um, Lindsay says, oh, that thing that you posted, you know, when you marry someone, you marry their trauma, you marry their inner child. That was different from the posting that we saw last week during Noodlegate. I think Noise is doing a little too much posting. <laughs> Are we surprised? Oh, my God. Noi continues on and says, like, it's important to learn. Like, yeah, we're married, but we don't really know each other, so it's going to take time. Lindsay says, I hope the guys are getting, like, the same, like, conversation perspective that we are. And then, like, for fun, they show the guys just shooting things. (laughs) And then they do show them sitting down and talking. And Mark says that this is, like, a breath, breath of fresh air, And it's nice to take some time away and be with the guys. Someone, I think on Reddit, accused Mark of being just like Alyssa in that he's out, but he's staying in because he wants to (laughs) hang out with everybody. (laughs) And I was like, oh, this is not a point in your favor. Um, If you consider a breath of fresh air getting the hell away from your wife, mm, that's not what this is for. You waited four years for this aid? (laughs) Um, Michael says that Mark is the best shooter. Steve says that he grew up in a competitive household and with competitive friends. Michael says that Steve got him hard and he questioned the friendship at that time. (laughs) But then they do sit down. Michael asks everybody how it's going. Mark says it's more work than he thought. He can get to know anyone quickly, but he feels like it's a lot of work and figuring out personalities and where emotions are coming in. He's, He's digging as deep as he can so we can get on the same page. Meanwhile, Lindsay's saying... They're in sync on so many things, but when they're not in sync, she's like, what the hell happened? She thinks week three is a challenge um, because the honeymoon is over. Um, I thought, like, I, that was an interesting contrast. But Lindsay does that all the time. She's always telling people how great it is with Mark. <laughs> she is, but I think she was honest this this week. Okay. Yeah, I think she was honest. She was like, it's a struggle. I'm struggling. She thought things were fine. Even at the time when she said she loved him and all of that, she did believe everything was fine. She was being honest. Like, Lynn says a lot of things. I don't necessarily think she lies. The only time I even ever think she's embellishing is on after party. (laughs) And then I don't know if it's true or not because we're not there. So that's true. Katina says that they're up and they're down. He needs someone to give him the same energy back verbally and actions. 
and you know someone calling out the things that you're already thinking it's like someone holding up a mirror to you and he's called it out in different ways this is a lot of called it out katina a lot of called it out (laughs) she wasn't changing as swiftly as he wanted to the last few days have been eye-opening Olajuwon says that he feels like he's babying her in effort and life skills. He doesn't go to sleep with his house dirty. He does a little like disclaimer, like, it's okay if your house is dirty, but I don't go to sleep with my house is dirty. He can't always It's okay because be- you're, a, you're a man. Like, that's okay. That's really what I heard. <sighs> he can't always be there to help guide. This is so paternalistic. It is like, eh. Like, <laughs> the she she's she's not your child (laughs) she's not a child he works overnights and during the day and what do we do when we go back on work where can i rely on you where can i get support from my wife this is why he gets irritated because his feelings are high and he's having a tough time he's learning to have more patience but time is not on his side and he hasn't seen a difference in her since pastor cal came by didn't we establish that pastor cal had no notes for her (laughs) <laughs> I thought she was kidding, but that's true. He had no notes for her. Um, besides Olajuwon really thinking that he's God's gift to earth, I just, the contrast of it all, we've sat here, I even asked last week if she makes too many excuses for him. He has gone through the ring of fire and she would defend him for everything and has put up with all his flaws and says, it's okay by me, like no one's perfect. But he is right here picking every single flaw. It's not even a flaw. But picking her apart and holding her to the fire for these non-existent ideals. He's like a worse Johnny because he's comparing her to, what was it last season? Comparing her to an image that doesn't exist. That's a figment of your imagination. How do you I, live up to that? Um, Yes, it's a figment of imagination, but I also think it is, Delusional and bold to declare yourself someone's guide in life that you have to coach them into who you want them to be. If if she's not what you want, move on. Like who declared that you need to coach someone into some something that into what you want? It's it's really yeah. quite gross. Yeah. yeah. Michael is sympathetic to everybody, but um he doesn't feel that the effort is reciprocated. Um, he's talking about Jasmina, just to be clear. Oh, he was talking about um Olajuwon. He was filling in the blanks for her. He was like, so you feel like the effort is not... And Olajuwon was like, yes, exactly. There's no effort. I just... I would love to... um When... Uh, because all we talk about is cooking and cleaning. I'm like, is this your whole relationship is cooking and cleaning? Oh, I'm waiting for the big fight. But honestly, I want to say that I'm 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 surprised by it. But I, I was telling Aid off, offline that the Nigerian side of Olajuwon was really strong this week because this is an argument that you will find on social media about the cleaning and the cooking that's very strong. I'm cracking a joke. Like, we always put the caveat, like, we don't represent all Nigerians. But so Nigeria it has a strong culture of, honestly, you're defined as a wife, like, by how you cook and clean. Like, if you cook and you make a good part of food, you hear people say, oh, I'm wife material. And again, it's not unique to Nigeria. We're just speaking because our heritage is from there. But it was just really strong and very, very curious to know how Olajuwon got here. 
What did he observe? Was his mom like this? Did she cook all the time? Like, the fact that we get nothing about his family is also quite frustrating. I'm just like, did Katina not tell us last week that he was raised by his Irish Catholic whatever mother? What? I, <laughs> I'm hesitant to, to call it the Nigerian coming out because <laughs> I'm not sure he was raised in that culture at all. He wasn't, but it's genetic. <laughs> That's what I mean. You don't have to be <laughs> raised in the culture. It's our, It's very strong. It's just there. <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, so yeah, so what I'm saying is like, there are so many like him that I have seen in the real life flesh and blood that it's just like, how can your whole existence or, or, or you think a woman or a woman as a wife, like you can't come here. I was saving all this for the fight, but you can't come here. Your label was literally ex party boy or ex what literally ex ho. I'm not going to mince words. And she's not even faulting you for that, holding that against you. Nothing. And you come here and say, oh, standards. You have to be able to do this. If I break my leg, I can do that. You can do this. You're staying home. What is your worth? How do you just reduce a woman's worth to how much grocery shopping, cleaning? Like, remember when Jeff asked, what are your complaints? It was nothing about, oh, she's mean. Oh, she's selfish. Things that actually matter. It was that she went to the grocery store and only came back with bread and water. You are insane. You are <laughs> absolutely insane i am so angry like watching it got me so mad i turned off the tv at a certain point because i was so angry like i wish he was in front of me so i could smack him in the face <laughs> i'll take a step back now <laughs> so in continuing in the insanity that is Olajuwon, he says this phrase that i'm like you have lost your fucking mind Olajuwon says i don't know if i need to break a chair for her to understand that i am being beat this is like, honestly, this is reminiscent to me of like football football coach mentality. Mm. When the team isn't, you know, knocking over the people enough, you break some furniture and you say, you guys are not doing And I'm like, Elijah, what, what paradigm do you think you're living in? Didn't he say, didn't he have to cry too? Like emotional manipulate? I don't know. Everything about him was icky this week. Just icky. Marx asks if they can move past it. And Elijah says it's tough. Now it's time for Michael. He says communication, trying to connect on a deeper level, having conversations to really get to know each other. Jasmina basically says the same thing. I enjoyed that they were on the same page. Um, Jasmina says she's hopeful, but nothing will get accomplished Accomplished if he won't change. And I was like, change to what? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, the, the, the trap that most couples get into, like when you read um, Canceling books and things like that is they say everyone always thinks that the other person is wrong and if the only if only the other person would just change then all the problems in the marriage would be fixed it's very hard to look inwards and realize that oh you contribute to this in this way so that's probably where she was coming from she just thinks he's the problem and she's perfect does it make you see the pastor cal session with new eyes (laughs) (laughs) that he might have actually said the right thing maybe because he did I give them both homework. I think he did good that week. I mean, I know we got down on Pastor Cal, but I believe I said, you know, Pastor Cal gave some good advice. Because, I mean, he did tell Elijah one too. Get out of the whole cooking thing. Like, it's not that big of a deal. 
it, it's painful in a way. Um, but Steve says that he and Noi had the big issue. She was cooking the meal. He had cooked six or seven times by that. I'm like, six or seven? If it was me, I will know the exact count of how many times I cooked. Um, <laughs> he, he tells the whole story. Um, and he says, when she got back, I told her how much it hurt me. And once he, like, really got through to her how much she hurt him, then, like, that's what it takes. His lesson from that is that what it takes is vulnerability. Um, Noi, back to Noi, she starts almost crying. She's like, oh, he loves me. He hasn't said it. Um, did Lindsay say that he never will say it? I didn't hear that. <laughs> I skipped that part. So yeah, Noi says, you know, he was so devastated by her being silent and she doesn't want to be responsible for hurting him like that. So, you know, we're so deeply affected by what we do to each other. Noi says that they've had a strong collect connection and this was a test. Um, how do you feel after something hard has happened? So, you know, she took she took the positives out of there, Noodlegate. You didn't think she was gloating just a tiny little bit? <laughs> you didn't think so? <laughs> no, actually, I don't. I, I thought she Maybe was. Maybe I'm just, because I'm taking Noy and Steve at face value. Maybe that's dumb of me. But I really do think that she was just saying, like, I learned I can't be an asshole <laughs> because that might hurt she, my partner. I think she did. But I also think because of the many, many times she said, oh, he was so devastated. I'm sure he loves me. He just hasn't said it. I think she said that three times in the span of five seconds. And I'm <laughs> like, these women are miserable. It felt like Danielle in Dallas because everyone was burning that season. And they were like, what's going on with you guys? Um, we're fine. We had sex. No fights. <laughs> Nothing's wrong. And, every, and everybody wanted to talk about how much they hated their husband and Danielle wasn't going for it. That's a big yeah. difference between because Danielle almost wouldn't say anything. That's a big difference was, between like, uh, we're you know, we're better. Can Noy help the fact that she and Steve are better than all of them? Is that her fault? It's not her fault, but it's the way she kept saying, I know he loves me. He loves me. Oh my god, he was so devastated. I would never want to be the reason for the and everyone was like, aww. Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lindsay says that they connect when they all communicate. It's obvious that they can learn from each other. And when the girls go through the same thing, they can all affirm that what they're going through is normal. I was like, not a thing that y'all are going through is normal. <laughs> yeah. This only happens to people who marry people at first sight. This is not normal. It's only normal amongst the four of you. <laughs> Yeah, and then it also didn't sit comfortable with me also when Katina was like, yeah, I mean, she agreed with her and was like, yeah, so if we all complaining about the same thing, so it's okay, right? And it's normal, and I'm like, oh, no, this is You're isn't not working. all complaining about the same thing. No, this isn't okay. I mean, the true winner was that Katina and Lindsay made it through <laughs> without a fight. I mean, the fact that Katina affirmed something that Lindsay said, winning. Yeah. Yeah. Winning, um, winning, winning. Michael basically said the same thing for the guy's side. Like, oh, we're all going through it. We're all struggling. <laughs> no, but he kind of spun it in a positive way. And because we're struggling, we're struggling because we care. If not, we're not going to be here and all that. It was nice. I, I, I guess it was nice. So Mark says if you want it to work, then it has the opportunity to. Oh. Mark is not here. Mark is not here. Mark is just playing along. 
So next, Mark and Lindsay go to dinner at a place called Feng Shui, a sushi place. And Mark says he's taken to her fancy sushi place because she likes sushi to let her know that he pays attention. Give Lindsay an inch, she'll take a mile. <laughs> so she <laughs> so she starts with, I'm going to order the raw stuff for you. He's just looking scared. <laughs> I would love to know what this man has been eating. I will never get over him not having had a taco before. I'm not at least <laughs> bit surprised that he doesn't eat sushi. Um, but, you know, there's ways to ease people into sushi, and Lindsay was not easing him in. No. She says that eel is the chicken of fish. I'm like, I don't think so, Lindsay. <laughs> um, he says she could eat sushi for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, but it's not the texture that he likes. And she coaches him on eating sushi. This poor man is messing with chopsticks. You know, I love all kinds of Asian food, but I don't fuck with the chopsticks. <laughs> I'll be the first one to be like, hey, can I have a fork? <laughs> and at that moment I wished it for Mark too just ask him for a fork <laughs> no I think he could use chopsticks his mistake was he took the sushi and wanted to bite it in half no when you pick up the sushi you put the entire thing in your mouth so then he did it in half and then it collapsed and then it was a mess and then you try to pick it up that was what his issue was but I think he knows how to use chopsticks <laughs> so but the first thing was just like one normal roll I said normal that mm -hmm. was rude the next thing is a whole sushi boat. This poor man looks scared. Granted, he looks like that a lot. Oh, Mark is like, this is a lot. It's your dinner. I don't want to take away from your hunger. That's how he tries to get out of eating the sushi. Um, then Mark does something that kind of annoyed me. In an interview, he holds up a piece of fish and says it's nice looking, but it doesn't belong in his body. I guess he said his body. Not that no one should eat it. Okay, I'll let yeah. that go. He said his body, yeah. Mark says Lindsay is the only girl who's attempted as many foods within his life. Like, she keeps on introducing him to new foods. I would love to hear a complete list. <laughs> I feel like we will. Just give this some time and after party. We'll find out. Oh, they'll make it a montage at the reunion. I would love to see it. If tacos are on the list, um, yeah. So... Mark asked if it was a good choice for her and he says he appreciates that she went into it with a stranger with all the right intentions regardless of how he was going to be and that she went into it with everything even when you weren't feeling a response you kept on doing nice things he apologizes for all the time she was hurt he promises not to cause her pain big promise I don't know if you can deliver on that one and to let her know that he notices everything that she does and he says, you're too good a person to ever feel hurt or that you're not appreciated and that you are appreciated and cared for. And he doesn't want her to think otherwise. And then they hold hands over the sushi boat. Uh, these people can stand then, me so easily because I'm like, oh, this is so cute. Then I'm like, this is Mark and Lindsay. There's not a prayer. Even cuter. She blew him a kiss and he caught it. But um, yeah, you're right. They're not... <laughs> It was nice. I will say this. It was nice that he said thank you in a closet. For someone whose love language is words of affirmation, I mean, Lindsay has said many times for all the things that she's done, he's never said thank you and never acknowledges, which sounds so crazy to me. Like, how do you not just appreciate someone and say thank you? So it was nice that he acknowledged it. Do you think it's true that he's never said thank you? I think it's possible. 
you have me going to get your bed bugs? <laughs> I think human beings, we really overestimate ourselves. Like you think like, like, let's say, for example, like Jasmina. Well, we do, we do see her see herself in After Party. But I promise you that in that moment, she probably thought that she was making sense. But you're really saying nothing. But in your mind, you have communicated. Like, you just be basic, don't have a tone, talk to me, but you haven't told him anything, but you think that you have. So a lot of times human being things like, oh, I did this. How do you not know that I love you? Of course I appreciated it. But you've actually never, when you roll back the tape, you've actually never, like, said thank you. <laughs> but you think you have. So that's why I believe it. Okay. All right. So we move on to Jasmina and Michael. Jasmina is looking so cute in her workout outfit. It's like a crop top, uh, bicycle shorts, lime green situation. And she set up a workout station and she called it Jasmina's gym with a J because he has been trying to get her to the gym, but she's lazy. <laughs> she, she has set up stations and areas that they need to work on. Communication, vulnerability, and interruptions. Michael appreciates it and said that it, he thinks that it took thought. Um, she says she truly knows nothing about working out. And honestly, with the things that she was telling them to do, she truly knows nothing about working out. But she doesn't have to because she looks great. She looks amazing. <laughs> I'm like, why would you go to the gym if you had Jasmine's body? <laughs> <laughs> so she makes them stretch. They sit down and they open their legs wide and they hold hands. And they talk about his past and growing up as a child. I mean, that position wasn't feasible because after a while, they just couldn't hold on any longer. And then they let go. And he talks about how his brother used to bring food for the families. And that's how they found out his, you know, brother got shot. Like, you know, there was a knock at the door and they just thought it was him coming late after work. And, you know, it was somebody saying that he got shot. So he tears up as he mentions how he saw his brother on the pavement which would mean that he was shot by the house. I mean, mm -hmm. it's not like I want to know the story, but it's just that's just sad. And at this time, he's not holding it up any holding it in anymore and he's full-blown crying and you know, Jasmina's comforting him and wiping his tears and it was just really sad. It's just no one should have to go through that loss. Like I still get taken aback every time he mentions all the people that he's lost. Yes. That one really broke my heart. It's just like, I think in my mind, I was like, I like, what kind of world do we live in that like a six or seven year old like sees that and has to like mm -hmm. carry it with them for the rest of their life? Yeah. It, it might be the saddest moment I think I've ever seen on maths. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, you can't unsee stuff. So he says ever since then, every three or four years, he's had to deal with grief and it made him put his emotions in a box. Basically, he's numb. So Jasmina says that, you know, she's happy that he's opening up and she hasn't lost a sibling. She's telling us at this point, but she knows that if she did, she would feel the same way and she starts crying. So she thanks him. She didn't cry in front of him and she explains why in after party, but, you know, she cries in her confessional. And which I think was a smart move, by the way. And yes. You know, AIDS rules for comforting. Can't make it about <laughs> you. If you start crying, yeah. now it's about you. So good job, Jasmina. <laughs> so she thanks him for opening up and that she appreciates him for sharing. And then she asks him, what are you thinking? And he's like, 
That cry felt good. <laughs> and I felt happy for him. <laughs> like, I'm glad you got to get it out. Do you so, have a question, though? Yes. Do you think that that type of moment could bring them closer together? Yes. Okay. You know that saying that someone's not really your friend until you've seen them cry? I've never I mean, heard that saying. I feel like I have oh, no really? friends. <laughs> that's true I maybe no because they know crying makes you uncomfortable so they're not gonna cry in front of you <laughs> so but yeah this is saying like that but anyways Lindsay and Mark are going to a fun park after pulling his leg that they were going bungee jumping and then again you guys know that Mark's resting face is already looking like he's terrified now imagine him being actually terrified so he was so terrified about bungee jumping. But Lindsay says that she was just kidding. They're going to a fun park. So she says that she remembers he played baseball from when they went to his apartment. But she doesn't think he pays attention. But she remembered. She's giving herself kudos, basically. But then the next scene is Mark telling us that he's touched that she remembered. And these are the things that he appreciates about her. So Mark is doing good, hitting the balls, and she's like, Mark looks so powerful, and she wishes he would use that strength and power on her. And she gives a cheeky smile. Lindsay never Mark- lets us forget that she's not getting any. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, she replaced the penis jokes with this, so. Mark says, one day at a time, and they're enjoying themselves. Lindsay says the same, and she's hopeful. Ah, hopeful. What a math word. Steve and Noi are at a beach. And Steve says, officially, we're officially been together three weeks, an hour ago. And Noi says, ooh, our one month anniversary. Steve is the best guy. Because Steve just goes, oh, no, I think that's usually four weeks. Like, just (laughs) (laughs) casually. I would have been like, uh, uh, no. (laughs) But he was like, no, I usually just really nice. Did he make her feel silly or anything? But yeah. <laughs> that couldn't be me. I'm terrible at that stuff. I would just look at you like you're stupid. And be like, that would this be four weeks and at least two or three days. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, he asked her her favorite memory. She says the honeymoon, waterfall, and the wedding. The favorite thing from being home is seeing him every day that before him she likes being by herself she needs space she needs time but not with him that she just likes being around him she says that she believes that steve sees her on a soul level he doesn't always understand how she handles things but he still sees her you hear that a lot you want so steve says his favorite moments was the wedding and the dancing and at the honeymoon, the waterfall also. And then we see a clip where he got bit by fish. <laughs> um, he talks about the picnic and how he wasn't ready to verbalize it then, but he wants to let her know that he loves her. Were you Aww. surprised as all of us? I think I was surprised, yes. But then I wasn't surprised. I'm like, this is Stephen Noy, of course. I was hella surprised because just at the love thing, he just said, we're working towards it. I have to be comfortable. There's still time. It's a long, long way away. Honestly, he just felt like the producer prompted it. <laughs> I, I don't think Steve would tell Noi he loved her unless he actually loved her. I mean, I hope so. I just, it's hard. Okay, the transitions with this is very hard. Honestly, we ended last episode with Lindsay in a bathroom, like, ranting and raving, and next thing they were together. 
we ended last week with the whole social media noodle gate and then you tell me you love me I'm just, my brain can't compute overload so that's probably what it was like i feel like steve is so logical that he'll be like hmm so if this happens then what else is there and things like that but maybe i'm the one overthinking it so um of course noise ecstatic she's like you know, I love you too, but I already told you. And then Steve is like, well, technically you didn't say it. You just said you were closer to it. Blah, blah, blah. They love each other. They kiss each other all the time. And Noi tells us that she's relieved that he said so and that he recreated the picnic that they had. And then we see Katina and Olajuwon. Please note that they were told to create dates for each other. Are we surprised that Olajuwon's date was a cooking class? I, I when they walked in, I was like, "Why are Katina's standards so low? This guy wants her to cook, so she's happy he took her to cooking class." I asked you last week, and I think you thought I was doing the most. But I'm like, "What happened when Elijah was growing up? What is his fixation on food and cooking and stuff? Like, what is it?" How was he eating before he got married? Did he think he wasn't going to eat until he got a wife? I don't... This question needs to be deeply explored. And I think what annoys me is when the therapists come, they're going to explore it in the, like, framework of this relationship. Yeah. And it needs to be a separate, severed issue. It needs to be a question to Olajuwon. He needs to explore what the hell the cooking and the cleaning has to do with where, like, his ideas. Because it looks like he made an agreement or something not to talk. We don't hear anything about his childhood or anything. So I don't even think they can ask, like, growing up, is that what you saw or anything? So we, I don't know. We're not going to get answers, it seems. So, anyways. So Olajuwon says that, well, he spins it and says that she told him that she likes salmon, but they haven't had it since they got married. He had to throw in that dig. She wants to cook it. She says she wants to cook it, but she hasn't. So he wants to show her as much effort as he has and what he wants his wife to be on the same page as him. And he just wants her to stop waiting for him to tell her and to just do it. <sighs> Nothing about this sounds right. So once again, she spins his stuff and is like, oh, I don't enjoy cooking. And the fact that he's like, I'll cook with you is nice. Okay, and then she she started by saying obviously the way to his heart is cooking and then they see a montage of how cooking is a way to his heart I'm like I don't know it just looks like punishment so she says that she's going to make sure she does it for him so it can be a yes on decision day I just anyways they're eating oh, after the thing. chef did you notice that they had some Afrobeats <laughs> as our music oh, no. this week? A little Afrobeats. Oh, <laughs> Probably the first time on maths. That was a Washington Post article about how Afrobeats are taking over. And me and Tane, <laughs> being who we are, are like, you know, they've been around for, you know, a while. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't. I thought it was like Caribbean because the 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 chef was and the food they were cooking was all Caribbean island food. So are you sure it was Afrobeats? Now you're making me doubt myself. But at the time, I, I was sure it was it. Afrobeats. Now I want to go play, press play. Let's see. Because I feel like I would have heard it and recognized it. 
I don't know. I don't know. I can check before. Okay. So they're eating, you know, the salmon, the, what was it? The shrimp, coconut shrimp. Mm-hmm. And Olajuwon says this is the happiness that he needs. And Katina is like, boy, you acting like I haven't fed you since we got married. And he goes like, no disrespect, but you haven't fed me on this type of level. He How says that rude. <laughs> you guys have to understand the only appropriate reaction to someone saying this to you is to never cook for them again. <laughs> the thing is, these kind of men know the kind of women they do this shit to because I'm just like, you know, she's going to take your shit. That's why you're doing this because this is ridiculous. And, and and again, this goes back to remember the panel, the experts with Kevin Frazier, when they were all like, oh, Katina's going to give shit to all these people. We're just, this is why you don't stereotype people. But I feel like I'm, I'm trying to be like kinder to Katina because I do think that it's just a trauma resurfacing. She hasn't said so. This is me just speculating because her reaction just doesn't seem, there's something off about it. So I don't know. He says that from what he sees, Katina worked on herself independently. Like she told herself, she doesn't want to go to clubs. She doesn't want to drink anymore. But just because you did that doesn't mean you're ready for marriage. And the question is, is she enough woman for me as a wife? Who the fuck do you think you are? <laughs> that was what I, I mean, that's my only reaction to that. I don't like, know. what do, what does a I would love for Lajamon to explain to us what exactly he is offering. I'm not hearing you say he has the money to where she can be a full-time cook and housekeeper that he was looking for. I just, we I'm just. I'm not hearing him say what he, and I said money. I'm not hearing Lajamon say like emotionally or support or like, there's a lot of things that you're supposed to be as a husband. And I'm not hearing him say that he's doing these things. I just even noticed his job title, which was weird. When the guys were talking, they just posted it on there. He's a wastewater operator. I don't know how much they make, but isn't the equivalent of a woman cooking and cleaning the man going out to hunt? (laughs) So I, you know, I don't know why the world didn't stop for us, but it stopped for them. And then their responsibilities evolved because this is very ridiculous. And sep- I don't know, part of me is like, okay, Elijah one, have your expectations. You want a wife who cooks and cleans. The way you're communicating this and the way you're going about this is terrible. Terrible. terrible you're terrible, not terrible. entitled to this. You can ask and see what happens, but your level of entitlement about what you think you deserve and the way you're reacting is not cool. It's not. The, the immediate thoughts I had when he made that statement was, We have no knowledge of his background because I just want to know where these expectations came from. I want to know if his mom always cooked. I want to know if these expectations are because Katina is black and where the fuck are the experts? I just, I just feel like in recent seasons, the experts take too much of a backseat. I don't care how many times they come into the house and say, you know, we get daily feedback and all the things that you do. You need to jump in because quite frankly, this bordered on verbal abuse. that's just my thought on this. And I'm just like, where are they at this point? I don't think it bordered. I think starting from the, basically throughout this whole episode, it just has been verbal abuse. Okay, fair. And 
As they're eating, he asks her if this is something that she can do at home. She says that, you know, she sees the areas where he puts more effort than her. And then he cuts her off again and says that she's still learning. And when it comes to marriage, there are just some things that he expects to already be there. Guys, imagine this with him, his voice having that tone that Jasmina doesn't like. He's basically yelling at her. And he's just trying to figure out if she has that base. This is a human being we're talking about. He says, I have achieved big things. I bought a home. I paid off my student loans. I don't have those problems anymore. You're still working on those things. Nothing wrong. You're bettering yourself. But, you know, I'm still trying to figure out what can you do independently that he can say that he's satisfied. You're right. It wasn't bordering. It was actual verbal abuse. He says, do you get what I'm saying? I'm like, no, Olajuwon, I do not get what you're saying. But Katina is saying, just kind of agreeing and not saying, no, I don't. Katina says she needs to know what he's seeking. And again, he cuts her off and says she didn't apply enough in the housewarming. What? <laughs> oh, my God. The housewarming of three people? Or how many friends came over? Three people. Oh, my God. She says that. She called her friends to get the food, but she didn't actually get the food herself, but she told them what to get. I don't know if he's hearing himself. It's almost as if he thinks that you're not a wife unless you're suffering. I just... (laughs) I cannot imagine yelling at someone that the food came from the wrong source. There was food. Did you eat it? Why the fuck do you care where the food came from? Oh, my God. She tries to talk and explain... But again, he cuts her off and says, yeah, she put effort into my housewarming, but I believe she could do more. So at this point, you're just reaching. You're just grasping for straws at this point because I I just, of all the things you could complain about your wife, the housewarming. So he asked her, what part did she, oh, go ahead. Sorry, I just want to go back to the buying a home and student loans. And it's okay to be proud of yourself that you've paid off your loans and you have a house. But if this is where I just think Olajuwon is delusional. If you want to date in 2022 and find someone in their 20s or 30s who does not have student loans and has a house, good luck to you. It's not like a moral failing. Yeah. <laughs> and it sounds like she's obviously like paying on her loans. I don't know. It just like, why would you make someone feel bad about like normal life circumstances that a lot of people have? Yeah. Because it's all about control to me. I just think Olajuwon is looking for someone that he can control. But for me, it's also like, if you know you have an idea of what you want, do not go unmarried at first sight. The whole premise is you don't know, you don't get to choose, and it's more than likely going to come in a package that you don't want it to. So if you're not coming with an open mind, this is not for you. So he tells us, This is in his confessional. If you aren't going to cook, are you going to clean? What are you going to do? He says he can't settle with someone if he thinks they don't have a base on just being an adult because they don't have enough life experience and that's the disconnect that he has with her. Like I said, he's basically yelling, scolding, talking down to her right now. I can't even try to, if his, if his issue was that, 
oh, you're not clean enough for me, or you're not maybe have a conversation like, oh, I expect more, like I understand that it's different, but it's just it bothered me, and I will work on my part to not be so particular about it and be understanding, but this is not what he's doing. He's saying, you need to do this. And I think, like, in the history of the show, there have been so many couples who have, like, different ideas on housekeeping. It's, like, almost comical how many people have had these issues. There's a way to communicate about them, and this is not it. This, like, lecturing, scolding, paternalistic, I'm in charge of you, I'm the boss of you, and you need to meet my standards. This is not how, like, healthy relationships function. So yeah, he's basically yelling, scolding, talking down to her right now. He tells her that he cares for her so much, but he needs to know that she has picked up and needs to know who he's married to and ask her, are you a fast learner? (laughs) Katina just says she needs a break. He's babbling on and on and she's like, I need a break. I can't do this. And he tells her, you know, I have to be real with you. I have to keep you grounded. Who asked for it? Who asked and you? When, and if someone says they need a break, that would be your cue to shut the fuck up, as you should have before. Of course he didn't. The and look, I really, said, like, not the same thing. But, you, you like, as I'm watching Katina be talked to this way, and, like, she starts turning her face away and doing stuff with her hair, like, he really hurt her. Mm-hmm. And she said, I need a break, and he kept on going. And she just told you... That she said she was never going to cry in front of a man. So obviously she's trying to hide her face. Because she's not just crying in front of you. She's crying in front of all of us. It was really not fun to watch someone be treated like this. It it really hurt actually. It it, it was so uncomfortable. So uncomfortable. I felt so much for her. But anyways. He says he needs to keep her grounded. And when he says yes. That she can. That he needs to know that she can keep things going if he breaks a leg because he can't say that about her now. <laughs> and I'm like, I just people. There are maid services and there are restaurants. Like <laughs> this is like if I break my leg, we're gonna starve. Get the fuck out of here. I really wish, wish, wish she told him to kick rocks and just walked off. But she's like. You know, I can't say that about you right now. He's like, I can't say that about you right now. And only time will tell. And she says, like, you know, I can't sit here and tell and tell you that I'm not woman enough. I would never do that. And he's like, and that's okay. That's okay. But she tears up in her confessional to the point where, like, she's not even saying anything. She's just tearing up. And I can just understand. I feel like he just bubbled up all her insecurities. If I recall, she told us that she was always seen as the side chick, as not being good enough to be a girlfriend. And here is this jagged edge motherfucker telling her that she's not good enough to be called a wife. And for those who don't get it, I'm calling him jagged edge because I don't know if you noticed his hairline was missing like a chunk. So he doesn't even have edges. There's like pieces that looks like a map that's missing. And you have the audacity to call this beautiful woman with a good soul and tell her, like, she's not good enough because she can't cook. Weirdo. So she tells us that she wanted to be married so bad. And this whole thing just makes her feel really bad. And then we cut back to them sitting. She's actually tearing up in front of him. And this is a reaction I think I honestly feel that he wanted. I feel like he wanted to break her. But you're so sick. But it's like he heard, oh, I don't cry. And he's like, well, how can I make you cry? Yeah. 
oh, it's disgusting. Yeah, you just go to the point. Because remember, this is the same guy that tested her during the honeymoon. He said, I just wanted her to push back. He's one of those women, for anyone who's really into reality shows, there's a show, um, it's a British-UK show, and this man cheated on his girlfriend. And then the girlfriend said, why are you treating me this way? He's like, why would I respect you? You stayed with me even after I cheated on you. So <laughs> there are people who think this way, and maybe a larger one's kind of person who's like, why aren't you pushing back? Why are you just accepting this? So I'm just going to push you and push you and see, because he was really happy that she pushed back in the gym during the honeymoon. So I just think Olajuwon's way of thinking is already at a base level warped. It's a sick way. Why? I'm just like befuddled. Like, why would you want that? I'm very annoyed by Olajuwon's whole philosophy of building people up and molding people and coaching people. If you want to coach people, go be a coach. No one wants to be married to the coach. Mm-mm. I'm going to say something. I don't know if it's going to be controversial. I don't know if people are going to agree with me or not. I don't I don't need anyone to agree with me. But I... This goes back to last week when Katina's friend was concerned that she's the first Black woman that he's dating. I do not think... I'm 95% sure that I do not think that uh, Elijah Wong will have these same expectations if his wife was white. I don't know how to explain it. Some of you are going to understand, but I don't think it'll be the same. And I think that this is where I wish we had more of Olajuwon's background to give more insight into how his mind operates. I think that is a valid point. Yeah, I mean, it's no knock on anything. It's just... We've seen it time and time again. Like, it's just the expectations are different. So what I would be curious about is if, in Olajuwon's mind, he just always thought I would date white women, but then when I do eventually settle, he has this whole expectations. Because the way he describes what he thinks a wife is, you can tell, like, quote-unquote, what he refers to as standards is so high, and it always has to be. And we've talked about it. We talk about it a little, even when... Love is Blind, where we feel like the way Jared talks about Iyana and the best thing about her is her strength, her strength. But when he talks about Mallory, it's not her strength. It's that she's fun. She's allowed to. There's just always these little microaggressions that happen in dating where there's just more expectation when it comes to, from Black men, when it comes to Black women. You're expected to be a ride or die and all that good stuff. So that's where, you know, my thinking is coming from. We'll never know, but it's just, I would be curious if any of his exes came out and if this was the case or not. Me too. Because when people are this fucked up, you're just like, but how? How did this happen? Yeah, how did you get here? How did you get, let? who let you loose upon the world to treat people this way? Because <laughs> Katina's a person. And you yeah. should never... There is no person on earth who deserves to be talked to the way she was talked to this entire episode. Not no. a one. No. So I no. would love to know where Olajuwon got the idea that it is okay to talk to a human being like this. Yeah. Let alone your wife. Oh, my God. And I have to I'm say, sorry. I'm like really, hmm, I'm really invested in the ideas of sports coaching because I watch a lot of sports with strong histories of abusive coaching i'm actually more inclined to say that that attitude comes from coaching that is mm. what football coaches are like i understand but i think with the coaching it's 
there's no gender involved that I think this is different. Very true, but I'm just I I I think that's a factor. I really do. Well, maybe I don't think it's a factor because there are all these men who have no inclination. Uh, we're not even in athletic, but they still have this misogynistic power trips, and it had nothing to do with sports. It's just an ingrained, bad, learned behavior. Agreed. I'm not. I'm not correlating them, but I'm saying the influence oh. in how you talk to people and what you think of as appropriate to talk to people. There's a lot of Olajuwon's phrases and that break the chair thing that to me are very um, sports coachy. Mm. You have gotcha. you, you watch everything. Did you watch Last Chance? You the first season. Mm-hmm. Does doesn't some of this stuff remind you of that coach? All of the coaches, even the one that came afterwards, they sound that way. Even all of them, they're all sound the same way. So, yeah, I get it. It's just, I don't know, for a large one, I, it, it almost feels like if I agree, I'm giving him credit for something. I'm not giving <laughs> him credit for anything. <laughs> but we're, like, trying to parse out, like, what exactly happened to you that you think it's okay to talk to people? And I do think people are multifaceted and all kinds of things influence them. I think, I think it's one of them. I, it's a theory, at least. The thing that's so crazy to me is just that, again, literally, his title was X Ho. <laughs> and Use you, ho. Ho, ho. <laughs> and you really want to be like the standard, and you should be the almost like you're atoning for. I, like, no one cares. This woman has accepted you for who you are. No one is giving you some stuff because. Her standard could easily be like, I don't want to be with someone who's been with. Uh, do I want a husband who's been with a mother and a daughter? Like, is and that your standard? And proclaims it to and anybody who will listen in public. Like, she has standards too. Like, you're not the only one who has a right to have standards. So that's why the whole thing is so baffling to me. Like, is that really what you think makes a good marriage? The cooking and the cleaning. Wow, asshole. Anyways, anyways. Who has your bouquet this week, Aid? <laughs> I'm going to be honest. No one gets a bouquet this week. <laughs> no one. No one gets a bouquet this week. You know what? I take it back. I will give a joint bouquet to Lindsay and Katina for being in the same place and getting along. <laughs> That's good. I feel like they both played their part in making that happen, and I'm proud of both of them. Mm-hmm. Who has your bouquet? My bouquet goes to Michael. I know I've been hard on him. I've always said something right about him from day one. But it was a good episode for him. It's not easy to revisit the memories that are very painful and to be vulnerable. Oh, I hate myself. I said that word um, on camera. And I think he's genuinely trying with Jasmina, but he's just hitting a brick wall. And the brick wall is Jasmina. Oh, who has your burnt ashes? No, no one else could have them besides Elijah one. <laughs> there are so many names I could call him. There are no excuses. There are no editing. This man was straight trash this week. Straight trash. Trash. A danger to women should not be in a relationship until he goes to some intensive therapy. And you know what's going to be annoying? Next week's going to come and they're just going to make up like nothing happened. That's so frustrating to me. <laughs> so frustrating. 
Oh, who has your burnt ashes? Oh, no one is going to get I mean, who else? <laughs> <laughs> no one else was in contention for that. So, yeah, this week really sucked. I mean, the main centerpiece was Olajuwon, and everybody else wasn't in great shape either. Mm. <sighs> All right, guys. As we said, we won't be here next week. Week after, we'll be back to our normal schedule. Um, and that's it for this week. You can find Tane with Nana on the Rewatch podcast, where they're rewatching the original Sex in the City. They have just finished season four. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at AlterCallMAFS. That's A-L-T-A-R-C-A-L-L-M-A-F-S. We love hearing from you guys on social media. I know half of you are going to forget that we're not going to be here next week. But if you go on social media and you follow us, we'll tell, we'll remind you again. Yeah. We are available anyway. Listen to podcasts. Thank you so much for listening to our show. Don't forget to subscribe. And please give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And like we said, we won't be here next week. But see you the week after. And don't forget, we will have a Love is Blind reunion recap on our patreon next week bye everybody in your crew identifies as either big mac burger mcnuggets or mccrispy sandwich but you're the filet fish sandwich all day that crispy fish that savory tartar sauce that melty cheese that pillowy bun yeah you get it every time and if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.